0: Hi, welcome to the Parenting Reframe podcast. I am Elbiona Rakipi, your host. I'm a former teacher, a parent, currently a pediatric speech and language pathologist, and I'm a writer. I've worked with thousands of children and families throughout the last 20 years, and I have learned so much. On this podcast, we'll approach parenting from a curious place. We'll ask questions and get answers, explore new ideas, unpack the unconscious beliefs and expectations we hold on to about parenting and reframe what it means to parent. We'll search for solutions to some of our biggest parenting challenges, set aside judgments, and find our way through this wild journey. My hope is that this podcast is a space where parents can feel seen, heard, and supported. Welcome aboard, and let's reframe together. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Parenting Reframe podcast. Today, I'm going to do a quick little mini solo episode, and it's addressing a concern that comes up frequently, both in emails that I get from parents, messages that I get from parents, and also in coaching sessions. So, here it is How do I help my child be less afraid of making a mistake? They are terrified around anything that might be perceived as failing or doing something wrong. Sometimes this can show up in kids. Like, if they're, let's say, perceived as doing something wrong, they might become very combative. Of, they might hit. They might become aggressive. They might get very emotional. It looks very different in several kids and certainly contingent on their age. But this is a very common thing that we see a lot with kids, right? Even when I used to teach, there were a lot of kids who really struggled when they had a task in front of them that didn't have a clear outcome. They really already at such a young age could perceive that there is possibly a wrong way of doing something. So I've written articles about this. I've also done a couple of videos on it, both probably on TikTok and Instagram, but it's it's been a minute. So I'm going to highlight the three pillars as to why kids struggle with this and why it's so interconnected with you, the parent. Often we just want the solution to the problem. So if a parent says to me, how do I help my child stop feeling afraid of making a mistake? And I just want them to try and be fearless. Nine out of 10 times, my first question back to you is, how do you feel around making mistakes? How fearless are you? And it doesn't mean that I'm blaming you. It doesn't. I had to learn this the hard way myself when my daughter, who I would describe as a kiddo who was always very afraid of making a mistake, I had to sort of look at myself in the mirror and say, where is this showing up for me? Where is this happening for me? And how is she tuning into this fear that I also have, right? I hate making mistakes. First pillar we want to talk about today is how do you feel when you make a mistake? So here are some things you want to consider. Although you might not be demonstrating these feelings in front of your kids, I want to be really clear. Kids sense and feel more than they see and hear. So let's say you get off the phone with your boss and your boss just indicated to you that you did something wrong on a recent project that you worked on or your spouse tells you that you might have done something incorrectly. Think of the way your energy changes when you hear this news. And by the way, it is hard. Like I can describe it for myself. My shoulders might slump. My heart might race. I get that icky, warm feeling that comes over you and you're like, oh no, when you've realized something that you didn't want to realize, I struggle with it. Sometimes I want to defend myself. Sometimes I just sit back and listen and really take in the fact that I might've done something wrong and really process what that means. So here's the thing. Kids pick up on that. They are tuned into your energy. So if you're walking around and all of a sudden the tone in your voice is different, you lack excitement. There isn't, you know, this same kind of energy that you normally present with. They're picking up on all of that. So while you might not be overtly doing things that are exhibiting your kind of fear or angst around making a mistake, they can perceive it really quickly, particularly if you have a deeply feeling child or a highly sensitive child or an empathic child. They are very much tuning into that part of you. So take this opportunity to really think about how can I reframe making mistakes in my own life? What are some ways that I can process this? Also bring your kids into the fold. Just go, you know what, can't believe it, but I just made this mistake at work and I'm struggling with it because, you know, I just, I hate that feeling, but I'm human and I'm a person and that's how I'm going to learn and grow. And Maybe there's going to be a really beautiful outcome from this. And I can already tell you one of the things I'm learning is that maybe I have to be more patient sometimes when I do a task, or maybe I have to double check my work, right? Like whatever it is, bring them into that process and be honest, say how you feel, and then walk them through what the outcome was, what the lesson was, what did you get from it? Or maybe the lesson isn't there yet and you're just sitting with it. That's okay. It's when we try to cover it up and make it seem like nothing's wrong. You know, we sort of create shame around mistakes then. Like, I don't want to disclose that I just made a mistake. I'm going to act like everything's fine. And kids tune into that too, particularly an older child. So you want to think about that. You want to bring them into the fold and talk about it. And in that process, you sort of heal together. So the next thing that I want you to think about. Is how much space do you leave for your kids to make a mistake? This is a really important one, particularly if you have a child who doesn't like making mistakes and has a real averse kind of reaction to it, we tend to set the scene so that the mistake is not possible, right? So this means we forecast, we know ahead of time, that this is gonna be really hard, so I'm gonna make sure it feels really easy. I'm gonna set up the project so that it's mistake proof and that they can't make a mistake. Every time they're struggling, I'm gonna go in and save them and come up with another way of doing it or tell them the answer. It's really easy to take that option because we don't want to see our kids struggling. It's really common. I used to do it myself, right? We want to protect them. We want to save them from these terrible feelings that we ourselves struggle with. So instead, I want you to think about this. When you see the struggle happening, when you see that the mistake is about to happen, let it happen. I know it's hard. I know you're going to want to jump in and say, no, 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 but I can I can change this. Let it happen. I'm going to give you an example, and I've shared this before. When my daughter was in the first grade, she was doing her math homework, and she was doing her homework with her dad during this time, and she had gotten all of her, I think it was her addition problems wrong. Because she didn't apply the carrying rule correctly. So it was like she made the same mistake across all 20 problems, but it essentially led to the wrong answer across the board. Now, again, she's my child at that time in particular that really hated being wrong, really felt embarrassed if a mistake was highlighted, um, wanted to do everything perfectly, really always struggled with that and to some extent probably still does. And my husband was saying to her, hey, I think you didn't do this right. You know, and he was looking over it with her and she immediately got defensive and she said, no, I did do it right. She said, I learned it today at school. This is how my teacher taught it. You don't really know because you're not in my class, but this is the right way to do it. She completely shut down and wouldn't even hear of it. So then I get home and my husband's like, hey... She got every math problem wrong and she's really unwilling to kind of look at what she did wrong. You want to take a look at it and maybe see if you can help her. Now, he's thinking the same thing I'm thinking. We can't send her to school tomorrow with every single problem wrong. It's going to, she's going to be destroyed when she finds out that she did the whole thing wrong. So I talked to her about her math homework. I pull it out, like, hey, did you look over your work? Like, what did you learn today about, you know, adding and carrying and whatnot? And she says, I know I did it all right. I did everything right. And in that moment, I so badly wanted to illustrate for her how it was wrong. I wanted to show her what she could do to save her from what I knew was going to be a hard day for her the next day when her teacher had to point out that she did every problem wrong. I wanted so badly to say, look, I know that you're having a hard time with this, but I'm going to show you there's a right way to do this. But I also knew that she needed that experience. She needed to know what it felt like. So she walked into school the next day. That night before, I just said to her, okay, if you think you got it, no problem you know, you know, you have your teacher there for support or us for support. And I sent her to school the next day. And my husband said, did you fix it? And I said, we didn't fix it. We're not fixing it. She needs to see it for herself. Otherwise, she's going to always wait for us to fix the thing. She's never going to experience that it's actually okay to make a mistake. I wanted her to know that. So she goes to school. Certainly they work on the math assignment and she comes home and we're kind of like, you know, on eggshells waiting to see what she's going to say. Is she going to come in crying? Right? Like I had no idea what to expect. And she seemed seemingly happy. And I said, how was your day? And she said, it was good. And I said, how did your math assignment go? And she said to me, you know what, you were right, I got every problem wrong. And she said at first, when we were reading the answers out aloud, and I saw that what the mistake was that I made, I wanted so badly to erase my whole page and redo it. But she said, then I walked up to the teacher and I said to her, can I have a chance to practice these again? Because I did the carrying rule wrong. And she said, I was about to cry. And my teacher said to me, it's no problem. So many people do that. That happens. That's why we're learning. That's why we're practicing. That's what homework is. It's a way for us to practice. No problem here. Take the sheet if you feel like doing it again, but you don't even have to because now that you know the right way to do it, you're fine. That's the important part of it. It's not about being right or wrong. So when she came home and she told this to me, she was so kind of relieved. And I think it gave her a sense of peace in that she was like, I did make a mistake. I got every problem wrong. It was sort of the worst possible outcome. And she also saw that she could recover. She saw there were ways through it. She would have missed all of that if I went in and had her redo her homework, if I insisted that she start over because she's not listening and she's not following directions and she's not doing it the right way. I had the option to do that, but I opted to let her experience the feeling of what it is to make a mistake and then what it is to come through it to recover, to repair, to learn and to keep moving on. So think about it in your own homes. Where is that performative aspect of even your own self, the wanting to be right, wanting your kids to be perceived as right, wanting to make sure that your teachers think that your kids are doing a great job? Like, where is that getting in the way of you being able to back off and say, let them have the experience that they need to develop and grow? Because that's what's going to build resilience and confidence and independence. And what every parent asks me is fearlessness, right? So That only comes when we give them experience to experience facing a fear and then working through it. All right, third one and last one. And this one is the most important. And I'm gonna highlight a couple different scenarios where it comes up. You really wanna be cognizant of how you treat other people when they make a mistake. This sounds obvious, but I promise you it's probably the most impactful and it's probably the one that we do the most. So what does this mean? In the article that I wrote, I talk about the idea that you know you bite the sales clerk's head off for bringing you the wrong item, right? You are in a restaurant and the waiter gets your order wrong and you huff and you puff and you roll your eyes and you're so irritated at this Fairly simple mistake, right? The waiter tries to apologize and you're unwilling to sort of accept the apology. Despite what you're saying, your kids are seeing you. They're seeing the change in you and how you perceive people who make mistakes. So, the outcome of that or the result of that is they're certainly not going to want to be on the other side of that. They don't want to make a mistake and have people perceive them as incompetent or not good enough or whatever adjective we want to add to it. So, You have to be so mindful of this, but this is what I want to highlight and this is where it gets to be the hardest. More often than not, I see this most between couples. So it isn't so much how you treat the waiter or the person at the store. It happens between the two of you the most. So think about it. Your partner goes to the grocery store, you give them a list and they miss one of the things. They come home, they're like, shoot, I didn't grab bananas, I'm so sorry. And you immediately roll your eyes or you snap or you're like, how many times? What else did you forget, right? Think about those moments. It's the sighing, it's the rolling our eyes, it's the mumbling something under our breath when it doesn't go the way we want and the way we communicate that to each other. That is what they're looking at. You are their safety net. You are where they anchor. You are where they ground and where they learn values and morals and how they want to proceed in this world. If they see that even in the safest environment amongst the most loving people who love themselves, love them and each other, right? Husband and wife, partners. Whatever it is, if you're supposed to love each other unconditionally, what does it look like when mistakes happen between the two of you? And what does that response look like? If your margin of error is low, meaning you can't tolerate it when your partner makes a mistake, there is a different way to handle that. But think about the subtlety and how you respond. It isn't in those overt reactions that it happens. It's in the subtleties that kids are paying attention and learning. What are the subtle ways you're responding to each other? And what are your kids taking as a result of that? So those are the three things that I want you to think about. Like I said, I've written articles about it. I'll link them into the show notes if you'd rather read it and see it in that way. But I find time and time again that those three pillars are really great reflective practices for you to look at. And again, it's not going to be a quick you know, fix. It's not going to change it right away. The point of it is that how can you make these adjustments, reframe mistakes with yourself, with your kids, and over time really allow yourself to learn what you need to learn so that with some good, meaningful changes, you will see sustainable, lasting change with your kids. So until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever it is that you're listening right now. And what really makes my day is if you share or recommend the podcast to a friend, it is the greatest compliment. If you have not already, head on over to theparentinereframe.com where you can subscribe to get my weekly newsletter, Parentine Skimmed. 10 sentences delivered to your inbox every Thursday to help you parent and live a better life. It's for the parent who constantly told me I just don't have time to read. Make sure to come and say hi to me on Instagram at theparentinereframe. My DMs are always open and I love hearing from you. Until next time, this is Albiona.